What's going on? My name is Matthew and welcome to the Real Life Podcast. This is a place where we hope that you can be encouraged, that your faith can be built up, and that you can leave feeling more connected to Jesus and his church than when you tuned in. So good to see you today, Real Life. I am glad that God got us together. My name is Richie. I love that we get these moments together to experience God's leadership, his direction, uh, his love in each of our lives. I'm praying God meets you wherever you are today, gathered at Real Life at home with some friends or family, uh, maybe around the kitchen table with your family, your kids. I'm just so grateful that God got us together today. I've missed you. It's been a couple of weeks. I was away uh, with my parents. My dad had open heart surgery just a couple of weeks ago. Thank you for those of you that were praying. Uh, three bypasses and a new valve, and he is healing up well. And uh, we're grateful to God for his provision during that crazy, crazy surgery. And uh, glad to be back here with you. We've also been kicking off uh, weekend services at our north side location back in the building. And uh, that's been an adventure as well. And so I'm, I'm excited to be here with you today and believe that God is going to meet us in this time and really excited for him to really impact your heart and your life. I wanna pray uh, just because I, I think that today is gonna require a level of humility for all of us to really uh, hear what God might wanna say to each of us. And I know for me, I need him to help me with humility. It doesn't come by any of us naturally. And so let's pray, let's ask him to, to just lead our hearts that way. God, you're so faithful to lead our hearts to a place of humility, to a place of just hunger, God, desiring your leadership, your direction, uh, your purpose for our lives, God. Things that we don't naturally want, God, you help us to want. Uh, God, a, a humility that we don't naturally just come up with, God, you, you help us to just humble our hearts before you. I pray, God, that you'd meet every heart right where we are right now, God, and speak, direct, lead us. God, help me. I don't wanna say too much, too little in this time, God. I, I want your direction, your leadership in this time, God. I just humble myself before you, Jesus. We love you and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter 11 is where we are today. Uh, we're picking up right after this conversation that Michael did such a good job leading us through last week, uh, where Jesus is with these crowds of people and he's beginning to clarify some things. It seems as if as the crowds are growing, Jesus is wanting to make more and more clear who he is, what he's about, uh, how his people, his followers are operating. And, and he just seems to be in this very clarifying mode about who he is and what his kingdom is about. I know for many of us, we are diligently seeking direction from God right now. Purpose for our lives, um, hope, longing for uh, significance and, and clarity around the future. In, in a world where so much has been turned upside down for the last several months, any kind of clarity would be so helpful. And, and if you're like me, you don't sense sometimes clarity from God, maybe direction from God. Maybe you don't know God's voice or his leading in your life. It can get frustrating. It can get kind of annoying to really um, seek, but not hear, to, to ask and feel like you're not receiving. And I wonder if, if there's something below the surface that, that would maybe limit or prohibit our, our seeing, our hearing, our perceiving, our direction that we're seeking for. I have a daughter that's turning 16 this weekend. Blows me away that uh, she's that old. That means that I'm that old. And uh, 
She's going to drive. She's passionate about, I think we're going to stay up till midnight on, you know, the night before her birthday. You can order their license online now. How terrifying is this? She's passed all of her tests. She's done all of that, that it takes. But um, I think she is that passionate about driving. We're going to wait till like 12.01 on the day of her birthday and make sure we get that thing ordered so she has her license on her birthday. And I, I love that she's so passionate. I'm not worried about her driving. Some of you are like, oh, stay off the roads. I know the 16-year-old joke, but I, I really, she's good at it. Um, the thing I'm worried about is direction for her. Like I, I made her navigate our way to a, a, a soccer practice the other night, just because I'm, I'm thinking this girl probably has no idea how to get anywhere, especially without her phone. And, and I'm worried, like you, you may know how to drive, but I wonder if you know how to get where you're going. I wonder if, if, if many of us have struggled with that same kind of sense. Maybe I know who God is, but how do I get direction from him? How do I get purpose from him? How do I get discernment from him and, and understanding about his leadership in my life? And for me, this is something that I'm very passionate about. And I feel like God is wanting to clarify for us today. If you're frustrated, lacking direction in your life, I think this conversation is going to be for you today. I think Jesus wants to speak. He wants to reveal himself. He wants to give you direction, purpose, significance for your life. But I think it really takes a heart that's willing to submit to his way of seeking. Jesus clarifies in this whole conversation today in Luke chapter 11, be careful how you seek the kingdom of God. It's not just about what you're seeking, but how you seek as well. Let's look at this story together. As Jesus finishes this teaching about demons and casting out demons, and he's done this great miracle and people are wondering about who he is. Some of them are skeptical. Uh, he, he, makes this statement, this woman in verse 27, if you're with me in your Bible there or Bible app or right here on the screen, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to Jesus, blessed is the womb that bore you, the breasts at which you nursed. But he says, no, 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 blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it, who listen and obey. Simplifies it right there. So here's the crowds increasing, verse 29. And then Jesus begins to say, this generation is an evil generation. Well, that's kind of harsh, right? This is an evil people. This is an evil generation. Why? Because it seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. Let's go history for a second here. Jonah is this Old Testament figure, a prophet who God called spoke to and sent to a land called Nineveh. Nineveh was a city, a people that was rebellious towards God's leadership and God wanted to save them, but they didn't know that they needed saving. And so they needed a messenger to come to them. And so God sends Jonah. Jonah rebels from God's leadership, runs the other way. Remember Jesus just finished saying, blessed are the ones that hear my word and do it. And Jonah becomes this picture of the opposite, one who ran from God, gets thrown over the side of a ship in the middle of a storm and gets swallowed by a fish in the belly of a fish for three days, pondering his plight, finally repenting. And God sends him up onto shore through the, I guess the vomit of this fish. It's attractive, right? And, and on his way to this mission, finally. He says, no sign is going to be given to you except for a sign of Jonah. 
For as Jonah became a sign to the people of Nineveh, so will, Jesus speaks of himself here, the son of man be to this generation. Jonah was in the belly of a fish for three days. Jesus, the son of man, is going to go into the grave for three days. This is a prophetic moment. Jesus is, is, is foreshadowing what's about to come that I'm gonna actually go into a grave for three days. I'm gonna pay for sin and shame and guilt, all of your condemnation, I'm gonna pay for it. This is gonna be a sign to you that I am who I've said I am, that I am the king of the world. You're not gonna need a sign because my, my death, burial, and eventually my resurrection is gonna be a sign to you. But at that point, it's almost like this condemnation. Listen to what he says, verse 31. The queen of the south, he goes historical again here, will rise up at the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. This is a queen from way back in the Old Testament who traveled across the world because she heard of the wisdom of Solomon, King David's son, King Solomon. And she wanted to know, what is this guy about? What is this wisdom? Who is he? Where did it come from? She's gonna rise up in judgment with the men of this generation, condemn them, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, look, listen, someone or something greater than Solomon is here in your midst right now. She didn't need a sign and she traveled across the world. The men of Nineveh, verse 32, will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it for they repented at the preaching of Jonah and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. Jesus is painting a contrast. You might want direction, you might want leadership, you want, might want the provision of God in your life, but he's, he's helping them to see that the way they're seeking the kingdom of God is a worldly way, seeking a sign. A sign becomes an alignment with the things of this world. Why is that true? A sign is something you see. Jesus just said, you're blessed if you hear and obey, not blessed if you see and obey. I want you to, I want you to get this. Jesus said, you're blessed if you hear and obey, not if you see and obey. Where's the judgment coming from? Where is the concern in Jesus coming from? Be careful how you seek the kingdom of God because if you seek God's direction, God's leadership in a worldly way, you might be frustrated because you're not getting the answers you think you deserve or that you need or that you want. And, and you find yourself going, God, I thought you wanted to lead my life. I thought you wanted to speak to me. I thought you wanted to reveal yourself to me. And you find yourself frustrated, not getting what you're asking for. And I wonder if... You're like the people of this generation that Jesus is speaking to, seeking God on their own terms instead of on God's terms. Verse 33, he says, no one after lighting a lamp puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand. You don't light a lamp and then hide it, right? Those that enter may see the light. Your eye, he says, is a lamp of your body. It's a window into your heart. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light, but when it is bad or dark, your body is full of darkness. So the window into your body is through your eye, how you see things, how you seek things. Seeking it in a worldly way is indicative of a dark heart. Seeking, it, seeking God's leadership and his kingdom in a godly way is indicative of a light inside of somebody, an eye with light in it. Therefore, be careful 
lest the light in you be darkness. Be careful how you seek the kingdom of God. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, it will be wholly bright as when a lamp with its rays gives you light. See, our hope is that we would become a people who seek God in God's way. That we understand that we need to be careful how we seek the kingdom of God. I think this about you, that you want to experience God. You want to experience his leadership. You wanna know his direction. You wanna understand the purpose that he has for your life, who you are to become. Jesus boils this whole conversation down so simply. He's, he's, be careful how you seek. You don't want these people of the old to rise up in judgment or condemnation of you as you are seeking my kingdom, my leadership. The crowds are swelling. Just imagine the setting with me. People are coming after Jesus in a, in a very kind of worldly way. What's popular? What makes sense? How can I see what Jesus is about and what he can do? It's this seeking of a sign, seeking God's kingdom in a worldly way Jesus has a problem with. He calls them an evil generation. And I wonder if there's just a warning here for us today to go, oh, let's just pay attention to how we're seeking. Am I seeking God on God's terms or am I asking God to come into kind of my terms, my, my world, my definitions, the way I think God should answer me? One of the most difficult things right now, I was just talking with some of our team. I feel a ton of pressure as everybody's trying to figure out all this political stuff that's happening in our nation through this election. And everybody wants a stance. They want a statement. Where do you stand? We gotta take a stand. There's all these concerns about taking stances and where we stand and who you stand with and don't stand with. And man, I, I just feel this like, this burden in my heart to say, no, I, I wanna be a people who stand with Jesus, his leadership, his kingdom, his purposes, and that we are seeking his kingdom, his way. We're not asking Jesus to come fit in our kingdom or our thing or our politics or our desires and our design, but he's the author, he's the leader, he's the king, and we're learning how to seek him on his terms with his leadership being the most authoritative thing in our life. And so the warning I think is really pertinent for this time of our lives, this slice of history that we've been given, that we would be diligent about seeking direction, yes, but seeking it from God on God's terms, not on our terms. This is why I prayed earlier, because I said this conversation is gonna take some humility. So what does it look like for you and I to see God in God's terms? How do we be careful about seeking the kingdom of God? Well, first thing is this, God's way of leading has is, is always been true of God. So I want you to know like these couple of things here are really universal, really simple, but I think they're really important for us to make sure that we're aligned on and how we seek God. I would say this, number one is this, his spirit is his way. Jesus, while he was on earth, was always talking about the time when he was no longer gonna be on earth. And he even said to his disciples, it's better for you that I go because then I'm gonna send you this advocate, this comforter, this spirit that's gonna lead you into all truth. And, and, and I'm not gonna be contained to a body. I'm not gonna be contained to one spot, but now my spirit is gonna be poured on, out on all men. 
And everybody that puts their faith in Jesus Christ is gonna be given a gift, a deposit of his spirit inside of them. The spirit that rose Jesus from the grave is gonna be given to every single one of us. When, when you think of the Holy Spirit, think of comforter, advocate, helper, this one that walks with us through this life, guiding us, leading us, shaping us, comforting us, helping us to become who God made us to be. The power of God inside of you. His spirit is his way. And see, here's the challenge. If you haven't put your faith in Jesus Christ, you have not been given the Holy Spirit. So you can't see God on his terms through his spirit when, when, when you're darkened by your own leadership. You're not full of light, the spirit of God inside you. Paul writes it so wonderfully in 1 Corinthians chapter two. He writes to a church in Corinth who's brand new trying to understand what his spirit is all about. He says, these things God has revealed to us through the spirit. For the spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. The spirit of God knows, searches the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person? So he's like, your soul, your spirit inside you knows your thoughts. Well, the spirit of God knows the thoughts of God is what he's saying. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, this corrupted spirit, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, worldly wisdom, right? We don't, we don't teach you this imparted in this way, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual, who have the spirit of God inside them. The natural person without the spirit of God does not accept the things of the spirit of God for they are folly, foolishness to him. For he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. If you don't have the spirit of God, you can't spiritually discern God's leadership in your life. His spirit is his way. So what does this do? This just puts a humility in my heart to go, God, I want your spirit, right? How is that given? It's given at this place of repentance, humility, acknowledgement of my sinfulness and my desperate need of a savior. It's a free gift. It's not something that costs you like, oh, you're gonna have to do all this work to make it happen. It, it takes a humility in your heart to go, God, I cannot save myself. I need the salvation of Jesus Christ poured out for all mankind as he died on that cross for every single one of us. He went into the grave as he came up out of the grave, conquering sin and death. That gift, God, I am desperate for. That invitation is for everybody. So, so, so it's a free gift. And at that moment of repentance and humility, God gives you his spirit. His spirit is his way to lead his people. Without it, can't expect God's leadership in your life. Be careful how you seek his kingdom. Not only is his spirit his way, his word is his way. 66 books put together under the supernatural leadership, guidance of the Spirit of God. Human authors, yes, but divine inspiration. This is so important for us to understand that God, God supernaturally put this together as his word to you. There's things I know because they're in God's word. Some of us are groping for God's leadership in our life. And he's like, I've already spoken. I've given you my direction. I know the purpose I have for you. I know the plans I have for you. 
But you gotta, you gotta look for them. You gotta seek them. You gotta seek them on his terms, where he has spoken. I, good example. I know that God has a, a plan for your life. He understands how he made you. He calls you his masterpiece, Ephesians 2.10. This is in the Bible. He puts you together perfectly. He saved you, created you anew in Christ Jesus, and, and is preparing you and created you so that you could do these good works that he planned long ago for you to do. So I know with certainty that that is true of you because God's word says it. His word is his way of leading his people. And so for you and I to grope in the darkness, wondering what God's will, God's purpose, God's direction for our lives is, is, is really unwise when he's going, hey, I've revealed myself, my word, my heart, my purpose for you. Would you get to know it? Would you spend some time, some energy, some passion? This morning, I was beside myself with some kind of some conflict that's going on and, and some, some scriptures that I'm memorizing right now, some some. Bible verses that I'm memorizing right now were right there in my journal and I had to pull them back out, <laughs> start memorizing them again as I'm being reminded of the truth of God's heart and his word. This is how powerful God's word is. Paul writes to a, an apprentice named Timothy. He says, continue in what you have learned from and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with these sacred writings, he says, which are able to make you wise for salvation. His word is his way. Through faith in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus, he says all scripture is breathed out by God. It's inspired by God himself. And it's profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness. Listen to this. So that the man, the woman of God may be complete. Think of that word. Complete, equipped for everything God has made you for. His word is his way of leading your life. His spirit and his word, but also his people. This is the third thing, last thing here. His people are his way. God has people that he's putting in your life, people that he wants to put in your life, people that he wants to surround you with to help you become who he made you to be, to sense his leadership and direction in your life. You have to be intentional about the people that you put in your life. Proverbs 13, 20 says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Be careful who you surround yourself with, who you listen to on that device of yours. Be careful about it. Because if you surround yourself with foolishness, you will be a fool. But if you intentionally choose to walk with the wise, the wise according to God's standard, God's leadership, these are people that can speak into your life, that can help your heart when you're confused about God's leadership, about his direction. See God's kingdom on his terms, his way. His people are his way. And for you and I, it's, it's a choice that you and I make to surround ourselves with the right people. If you're surrounded by fools, you will become a fool. You will lack direction. You will wander. You will struggle. As a pastor who loves you, I, I just want you to hear this. Stop it. Don't surround yourself with fools. You will walk off the cliff with the rest of them. His people are his way. And he loves you too much to let you just continue to walk off. I, I really believe that, that God wants to warn you. 
It's a loving warning. It's not a condemning warning. It's a, it's a be careful who you surround yourself with moment just to go, whoa, whoa, hang on a sec. Am I, am I listening to the right voices? Am I paying attention to the right people? Do I have people in my life that are helping me become who God made me to be? This is a choice for every single one of us. This is why the church is so important because you may not know where those people are. But, but, but maybe you connected on chat right now or you connected at one of our in-person gatherings. You connect at a real life at home. Like that's part of what it means to be Jesus Church is to help facilitate those kind of relationships for each other. That's why we are here as a people, as a church. We're on a mission together. We wanna help you become who God made you to be. We don't want you out there isolated, trying to slog through this crazy life all by yourself. We're trying to help you become who God made you to be. You have so much potential. Don't allow the fools to shape your future. I love how the writer of Hebrews says, take care brothers, lest there be any of you that have an evil or unbelieving heart. Here's a warning. That, that evil unbelieving heart leads you to fall away from the living God. Hmm. But I want you to exhort, encourage, lift each other up every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. You hear this? I want you to encourage everybody every day. As long as it's called today, that's when you need encouragement. That's when you need the right people around you. Every day that's called today, those are the days that I need encouragement, you need encouragement. We need the right people speaking into our lives, helping us to become who God made us to be. Be careful how you seek the kingdom of God. Seek God on God's terms, not on your terms. Hear this warning. Jesus is saying, this is an evil generation because they're seeking a sign. They're seeking God in a worldly way. And I would say the, the pressure on you right now to conform to the way the world operates is immense. It's massive. The world has a system about it, how it seeks answers, how it seeks justice, how it seeks leadership and direction. That is not our way. Those of us that have put Jesus as Lord, authority, King in our lives, we see God on God's terms, not on the world's terms. And let this just be a moment, just like purifies you. Just allow the word of God to wash over you and your heart and your soul right now and just kind of cleanse all of the contamination and all the pressure and all the things that have been vying for your attention and all the demands that you've been putting on people, the demands you've been putting on God, just let it all wash away. I wanna lead you in a time of prayer. I believe that God is speaking to you. Jesus says it so simply, hear and obey. That's the invitation today. I pray he's been speaking and you'd have the courage to obey. That you'd hear what he says and that you'd respond to him today. That's why we've got the text number here. That's why we've got all of our stuff on our website. That's why we've got moderation in every one of our comment sections. We wanna help you take your next steps. And if you're putting your faith in Jesus Christ for the first time today, your next step is to be baptized. That's the response of every single person who puts their faith in Jesus in scripture. That's their first step. And you know, when they do that, right away. We wanna help you take that step. 
at an in-person gathering, we'll come figure it out with you. We'll find a hot tub, whatever that looks like. We wanna help you take that next step. We're so passionate about you hearing and obeying, seeking God and God's way. Let's pray together. Jesus, you see every heart, you know, every soul, you know, every cluttered, frustrated mind right now that you just wanna purify. You wanna cleanse, you wanna wash over with your spirit, your word, your people, got encouragement from you, God. I pray Jesus, just for a purity in your church, God, a repentant heart, a humble heart, a willingness just to surrender our terms to you, Jesus. You are God, we are not. And God, we just repent of trying to fit you into our box and ask you to meet us on our terms, God. We are sorry. We are so small, so insignificant, and you are king of the universe. Forgive us, God. We thank you, God, that you have purpose for us, that you have love for us, that you wanna save us. We thank you, God, that you invite us to be a part of your plan, your kingdom. God, we thank you that you love to speak, you love to direct, you love to lead our hearts, God. I just pray for a, a spirit of prayer, God, to well up within us, God, a desire to seek you, God, your spirit. God, I, I just ask for a hunger for your spirit and every soul that's watching with us right now, God. God, more of your spirit, more of your leadership, more of your, your conviction, God, would just well up in our hearts, God, that we wouldn't be resistant to your leadership, but we'd be, we'd be welcoming and loving, God, of your leadership in our life. God, I pray for a hunger for your word across everybody in real life. God, that you would just give us a passion to know your word, to memorize your word, to understand your word. God, that your spirit would illuminate your word to everyone who seeks you, to those that come after you, those that are knocking, God, would you open that door and just speak powerfully through your word, God. And I ask for the right people, God, in every one of these lives. God, we don't wanna suffer harm, God. We don't wanna be the companion of fools, God. We wanna be people who walk with the wise, the people that, that seek your leadership and your direction, God. We need those kind of people in our lives. Be the, the provider of those people, God. May real life as a whole be these people who are friends, who are wise, who are loving, who are encouraging, God. May, may we be a culture of people that, that love to encourage, that love to lift up, that love to uh, help each other become who, who you made us to be, God. Let's pray your grace over every one of our lives. We thank you so much for the salvation that you're pouring out on people's hearts today. Thank you for the love and grace, God, that you give us. We choose to seek you in your way, God. Thank you for today. In your name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. Be sure to stay in touch and visit the description for our contact info. We would love to be praying for you. As always, we hope this podcast encouraged you and pointed you closer to Jesus. Take care.